0: You just pray with me right now? Would you talk to the Lord right
1: there where you are?
0: Hallelujah. Would you talk with the Lord there where you are? Jesus, we worship your name. Jesus, you are so very good to us. You know our frame. You understand our makeup, for it is you that has made us and not we ourselves. We trust the ministry and the operating of your spirit today. So we pray, let your word and spirit speak to our hearts and our lives. Let the word of God and the spirit of God speak into our being. In Jesus' name we pray. We yield to you. We trust in you. We hope in you today, Father. We hope in you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, praise God. Praise God. We're just going to dive in the Word. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Praise God. i get down here where I can see everybody. Um, if you were with us last Sunday in uh, Union Gap, thank you, by the way, for the quick adjustment by everybody. We turned on the furnace last Sunday morning early, and... Um, Smoke started coming out of the ventilation system downstairs, and I thought, oh, no, that's not supposed to happen. I don't know much, but I knew that. And so I ran, and I turned off the heater, and I, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, no, the sanctuary, because those ventilation vents come up here too. And so I run up the stairs, and I open the doors, and there was a nice cloud of smoke in here. I wish I could say it was the glory of the Lord, but it wasn't. It was... It wasn't the Shekinah glory of God. It was smoke out of the ventilation system. And uh it was a very strong smell. So this was probably just a few minutes after or before nine o'clock. So I'm opening every window. I'm opening every door. I'm running, grabbing fans, trying to blow it all. I just could see all that smoke settling in the carpet and in the chairs and Yeah, so I was and uh so obviously you all got that quick distribution message and wow it proves our messaging system works. I think I think almost everybody got the message. If you so if you came and we missed you, I, I, I sincerely apologize. I know some reached out and said, We got the message, but it was too late. And so but we're glad you're here today and thank the Lord for his goodness, amen. But if you were with us last Sunday, uh We talked about the Lord governing our lives from the Scripture and His desire. And He's a good governor, isn't He? He's a good Lord when we allow Him to be Lord of our life, And so I have, um, you know, sometimes... I'm, I'm just talking for a minute. I hope that's all right. Sometimes... Um, you can feel pressure to I shared this with some Wednesday night. You can feel pressure to move on to a different subject, like well, you know they've heard some of that subject they're going to think you don't have anything else, and the I just can't move on. The Lord has kept me in this place, and so we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. And uh, don't check out on me if you're thinking, oh, well, we heard this already. I think the Lord might tell us something we haven't heard or remind us of something that we need to know. But uh, if you have a chance, go and plug into the podcast and listen to last Sunday. Uh, It's under the Union Gap Congregations podcast. Um, Praise God. Genesis chapter 1. Book of Genesis, Chapter One. Praise God. And we're going to start with verse number twenty seven. Genesis one and twenty seven. This is the, of course, the close of the first chapter of Scripture, the book of beginnings. If you were to read the first 26 verses, you would find the Lord speaking and creating trees and fish and beasts and birds and mountains and sea and all those things, and light and dark and the sun, the moon, the stars, and then, of course, on the... Sixth day, he created man. So that's where we're picking up here. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. Would you say that with me? In his own image. Let that get in your spirit. He didn't make you in some conjured up idea. He made you and I in his own image. That word image there means image and likeness. You understand, you and I could never become sons of God if we weren't made in the image of God. I have two sons and a daughter. They're made in my image. Now, I know we live in a day and a time when some people treat their pets like their kids. But I'm going to give you a revelation this morning. Your pets are not your kids. Oh, man, somebody somebody got upset at me just then. Woo! <laughs> Isn't it funny how much we care? I heard somebody once say, hey, I love pets. They said, I have two cats, one on each side of the fireplace. So I don't know about that, but... I've never stuffed any animals myself, but we have a dog in our house. If you think I'm against pets, I, if anybody wants one, let me know. But <laughs> Pets aren't our kids. If I, if I had a couple of dogs with me this morning and I said they're made in my image, they're my kids, you'd think, dude, something's wrong with you. You're crazy. I mean, it's fine if you have pets, but the pets aren't in your image. Does that make sense? We are made in God's own image. Why? I'll tell you why. From the very beginning, this was God's design. Book of beginnings, very first chapter, he wanted you and I to understand this. We are made in his own image. Why? Because it's the design of God and the destiny of God on mine and your life that we would walk and live as sons of God. But if we're going to walk and live as sons of God, then we've got to be made in the image of God. So that's why he did it in the beginning. It's why he did not speak you and I into existence. Right? You can read Genesis 1. God said, let there be... Light and there was. And God said, "Let there be trees and there were. And God said, "Let there be sun and moon and stars, and there there were. You're right. See you've read this before, you've heard this before. God said and there was, God said and there was. God said and there was. But when it came to you and I, mankind, God did not say, Let there be man. He did not speak you into existence. God formed man, the scripture says, of the dust of the ground. We read here in Genesis 1:27, God created. You and I were his creation. He formed us. And then we can read, and we're not going to go there, but you can read in Genesis 2, 6, and 7, God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Where did the breath of life come from? Not a trick question. God. God formed man and breathed life into him. He spoke life into trees. He spoke life into fish. He spoke life. This is why you and I are different than everything else ever created. This is why I know my dog does not have a soul. I don't know why I keep coming back to pets. If I offend you talking about pets this morning, if you think your dog's going to be in heaven with you, that's between you and the Lord and the good book. Just search it out. But we were created body, soul, and spirit. Nothing else was created that way. We were created body, soul, and spirit in God's own image. Now, some would say, well, that's all good. But God doesn't have a body. Well, if you read the book, you know different, right? Because John tells us that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he goes on to say in the same chapter, verse 14, the Word was made flesh. I thought the Word was God. Oh, it was. God was made flesh. Oh, I thought God sent somebody. Oh, God came himself and robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us, the scripture says in John 1 and 14. And we beheld his glory. Whose glory? God's glory. The only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so God created us in his image. And I'm trying to get on to verse 28. Let's move. Male and female created he them. And God, this is beautiful. This is what he did. He blessed them. This is the plan of God. He blessed them and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Now watch. And have dominion. Everybody say, have dominion. dominion. Who said this? God said this. This is the plan of God from the beginning. And said, have dominion over the fish of the sea. And over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. This is the plan of God. For you and I to have dominion. Some of you believe it. Some of you want to believe it. But the desire of God is that we recognize and realize. It's why the adversary of my soul and yours... Doesn't want us to know who we are. It's why the adversary would like you to think you're less than. Inferior. Incapable. Inadequate. You just fill in the blank with all those words. Those are lies from the adversary. This is God's design. He created man. And he said have dominion. Over everything that lives on the earth. Now. We know the story, right? Eve was walking through the garden. There's a tree there. The tree they're not supposed to eat of. The one tree. And there's a serpent in the tree. Of course, the serpent is Satan. Who has been cast out of heaven at this point. Hence, the reason he's there. And the serpent deceives her. He's subtle. He deceives her. Deceives her and because she doesn't fully know the word of God, is able to get her to give in to deception. You say, how do you know she didn't know the word of God? Because Satan, the serpent, spoke and said, Hath not God said... And she replied back and revealed with her words that she did not know what God said. You need to know the word of God. If you know the word of God, the enemy can't deceive you. You understand, when the Lord was tempted, the Lord Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. I know some of you, this is a little bit repetitive from last week, but I promise we'll get a little further today by the grace of God. When the Lord Jesus was tempted in the wilderness... Satan came to him and tempted him three times, right? You know this passage in Scripture. You've heard this story. And the Lord Jesus, who is God in the flesh, you can read that passage of Scripture, and it says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So he, was, he wasn't out there led by his flesh, thinking this might be a neat idea. The Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. God wrapped in the flesh. He's been fasting and praying for 40 days. And the Scripture says, after 40 days, he hungered. I'm telling you, after one day, I hungered. (laughs) After 40 days, he hungered. And Satan appeared to him and began to tempt him. And you would think, Well, he's God wrapped in the flesh. He can deal with that really quick. He'll just use his power and his authority and take care of that. But what did the Lord do when Satan tempted him? He said, Satan, it is written. Every time he declared the word of God. When you know the word of God, the enemy cannot deceive you. Why is it that there are some denominations of religion that don't share the Bible openly and continuously with their congregants? Because if people begin to learn the word of God and dig in the scripture and study the scripture, then they'll realize I've been deceived. You've been lying to me. The word doesn't tell me what you've been telling me. But when you learn and study the word of God, it removes the blindness of the mind. The scripture says we're blinded by the God of this world. That's Satan, the adversary. He's the God of this world. But when the word of God begins to speak, it brings light and it can strip away the blindness of our mind. And so the word of God deals with the adversary. He can't argue the word of God because it's forever settled. And so... It is God's plan for us to have dominion. So Eve is there in the garden. She's deceived by the serpent. And because she's deceived, she takes of the fruit of the tree and eats it and then offers it to her husband. I almost called him Isaac. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Adam, thank you. I really did know his name. And so offers it to her husband, Adam. And we see this interesting event here that has taken place. Who is at fault for eating of the tree? Look, nobody wants to answer. They're like, that's gotta be a trick question. So I think I know, but I don't want to say. I don't know. Maybe the ladies are like, I'm not saying Eve. <laughs> Adam. Adam was at fault. Now, you might say, what do you mean Adam was at fault? Eve's the one that took of the tree. I'll tell you why Adam was at fault. Because Eve, according to the way God designed it, he took a rib from Adam and made Eve of the man. And he designed, notice the scripture that we read. And, and please stay with me. Don't check out on me. Some of you might check out on this next statement. Please don't do that. Stay with me. We're going somewhere. He made woman of man. And God said he gave Eve to Adam as a help meet, not a help mate, help meet. They meet each other where they need help, one of the other. This is God's design in marriage, by the way. One man, one woman together for life. And so he said this will be a help meet. But he designed that Adam would lead Eve. Eve would be in submission to her husband, her God-given husband. He's not a dictator with his thumb on her, but he is... The one connection to God and becomes one that teaches her, leads her, covers and protects her. And so when Eve is now out here at this tree and this serpent beguiles her. Adam had an opportunity. Apparently he hadn't told her exactly what God said or hadn't made it such a priority that she understood. Eve was Adam's responsibility. I'm not saying like a child you understand today. Eve was Adam's responsibility. And Adam, in that moment when she offered him the fruit of the tree, Adam should have said, Hold on, God said, God said, somebody hear me this morning. Husbands, if you're married and you have a wife, that's what marriage is. Husbands, you need to learn the authority God has given you. I'm not talking about ruling over your wife with your thumb, you understand. I'm talking about coming alongside and understanding. I need to go here and use my wife. I don't believe that stuff. I'm talking about coming alongside my wife and saying, Honey, not in our house. No, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's some lines here. Hold on a minute. We're drawing some lines here. The word of God teaches us. If we want the blessing of God on our home, we want the blessing of God on our children. We want to walk in the authority and the calling of God. Husbands, I have a responsibility. You have a responsibility as a man of God to stand with your wife and help her. And she has the same responsibility. But if I give in to my wife when she's trying to step outside of the word of God, God holds me accountable. You say, well, she won't listen to me. Where are we going here, Lord? I thought we were going somewhere else. I love it when he does this to us, but we're just going to trust him. Well, she won't listen to me. Well, I read in the scripture The Lord gives husbands direction regarding their wife, and then He gives wives direction regarding their husbands. He addresses the husband first, then He addresses the wife. And this is the Lord's admonition through the Apostle Paul at the church of Ephesus. He says in Ephesians chapter number 5, Husbands, you need to love your wives as Christ loves the church and gave Himself For it. That's a tall order. I haven't got that figured out yet. I'm working hard on it, but I'm not there yet. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. And then he says to the wife, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. I'll never forget, I was probably 16, 15, I was 15 years old. I was 15 years old. There was a lady named Sister Matthewson. Sister Matthewson, she was a strong voice. And I was scared of her. And Sister Matheson said to me, I don't know why she was talking to me about marriage. I was 15 years old. I wasn't seriously dating anybody. I guess she thought I needed to hear what she had to say. And when she spoke, I listened, man. I was like, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. She said, Joe, if you'll love your wife the way God loves the church, your wife will never have an issue submitting to you in your relationship." I've never forgot that. And I've been working on it for 28 years. It's a process. So Adam's responsible because of dominion. But when they ate of the tree, what happened is... Let's hurry now. When they ate of the tree, what happened is they gave up the dominion that God gave them. You understand? They had dominion. God had given them authority and dominion as long as they were in alignment with the word of God. But when they stepped out of the word of God and acted on their own rather than under God's instruction they gave up the dominion that God had given them and so now they are not covered by God's dominion and authority now they're subject to the God of this world. This is why the Lord had to kick them out of the garden and say, you know what, you're going to have to plow the ground. Eve, you're going to have to have travail in childbirth. This is all a product of man stepping out from under the covering of God and acting on his own rather than following the word of God. This is a principle. This principle remains true to this day. If you and I choose to walk and operate our own life out from under the word of God, we are not covered by the word of God. But when we align ourselves by the grace of God, not our own doing, but by the word of God, when we align ourselves with His word, we have spiritual covering and there can be dominion in our lives over these things. Why is it some people who are what we would call good people. I understand the scripture says that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. But some people would say, man, they're good people, but they just seem to keep making a bunch of mistakes. They keep living in sin. They keep falling back into the traps of sin. And it seems like they just can't get victory. You ever heard that? What's happening? I'll tell you exactly what's happening. They're not aligned with the word of God. They're not letting the spirit of God lead and guide their lives. And so sin has dominion over them. And so while they would like to live free and out from under the bondage of sin because they're not aligned with the word of God, they keep falling into sin. God has a better plan. His plan is that you and I would have victory and dominion and authority over sin. You know what the deception of the enemy is? Is this. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter if you fall in sin. You can just run back and repent and it'll be okay. So don't worry about it. It's true that if I fall into sin, I can go repent honestly before the Lord and He'll forgive me and I'll be clean again. But God's intention isn't that we live in this place of, okay, I'm sorry, Lord. Oh, I'm better today. Oh, I fell again. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not The the plan of God is that we live in authority and dominion over sin. That's victory. This is the plan of God for mine and your life. So because Adam and Eve, I'm really trying to hurry. Because Adam and Eve stepped out from under the word of God, they lost dominion. And dominion the dominion God gave them was given to the God of this world in their life. You with me? God could have left man in that state and there would be no hope for any of us. But he didn't. He didn't. He had a plan. His plan is to restore dominion to you and I. Restore a place of authority in our lives. So we're not subject to the God of this world. And we're not subject to the laws of sin. This is God's design for your life and mine. I am not subject to this world. I'll never forget uh, a few years ago with Brother Martin. He was looking, some of you have heard this story. It was the holidays and he was looking for a job. And he made a statement to me. We were riding down the road and he made a statement in the car. He said, he was telling me about some place that had openings or some, he got an application or something. And he said, but, you know, they're not doing any hiring the rest of this year. it be next year before they're hiring. And something, every once in a while this happens, something struck in my spirit when he said that. And I said, who says they're not hiring this year? You know, Every once in a while you just say something I disagree with, and I try to be subtle, but I'm not the best at that. I said, who said they're not hiring this year? Well, you know, the rest of the holidays and Christmas, so they said it would be after the... I said, you know what, I don't care what they said. You're not subject to this world. You're not subject to this economy. He's like, okay. Before the year was over, before the new year, he had two job offers. I think they came on the same day. The one place where they weren't hiring until the new year, matter of fact, the lady was really helpful there. She's like, you know, you can bring it and drop it back off, but they're not doing anything this year. Well, she turned it in, and I think somebody came out and talked to him that day. Yeah, the very lady was trying to get him out the office until next year, and somebody came out and talked to him. that When God is in it, you and I have dominion and authority. Quit believing the things of... You have to know who you are when you're filled with the baptism of the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you've been buried in the blood in the name of Jesus Christ, if you let God govern your life, you walk in dominion. I'm not talking about some arrogant, conceited, puffed up idea of self. You understand? I'm talking about recognizing I, when I'm filled with the Spirit of God, and when I hold to the Word of God, I become a son of God. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, if you're here and you're a lady and you're going, well, I'm a daughter, we could split hairs over that if you want. The Scripture teaches sons of God. You say, well, I'm a lady. You're a son of God according to the scripture. But guess what? When we all come together, we're the bride of Christ. Individually, we're sons of God. Why are are we called sons of God? I'll tell you why we're called sons of God. Sons are the ones that get the inheritance. Sons are the one that carry on the family name. Sons are the one who have the name of the father placed on their life. I love my daughter very much. But if some man comes along that's good enough for her, which is highly doubtful. But if it happens. I'm just saying if it happens. Could I get some fathers with daughters to at least agree with me? I mean, goodness gracious. So, if it happens, she's going to give up my name and take on his name. I'm not into this hyphenated name stuff. If you have a hyphenated name, I don't know it and I don't want to know it. Why? Because scripture teaches me. That for this cause a man shall leave his father and his mother and cling to his wife, and they two shall become one flesh. You know what? I don't know what this is with marriage stuff today, but the Lord is where, so we're gonna try. Do you know why people want hyphenated last names? I feel like I'm meddling, but I just know what the Lord's dealing with me about. Do you know why people like hyphenated last names? It's because. They want to keep their identity. It's exactly what it is, trying to hold on to their identity. When my wife and I got married, she walked down the aisle, and my knees were knocking, but I was smiling. As a matter of fact, I started crying, and I was, my heart was about to pound out of my chest. And she said, I do, thank God. And I said, I do. And the preacher, Brother Thornton, said, you may now kiss your bride. And I said, thank you, Lord. And I did. And then we turned around and faced the crowd. And he made this statement. He said, ladies and gentlemen, I now present to you Mr. and Mrs. Joel Hart. He didn't even call her first name. You ever heard that in a wedding? You understand why they do that. It's going all the way back to Scripture. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they will be one flesh. And so she gave up her identity that day and took on mine. But guess what? She now comes under my... She could sign checks with my name, and they'd cash them. She knows that, but I guard the checkbook. No. How come she can do that? She has the same name. She has the authority. I I remember growing up that my grandmother would never sign her own name. Hardly ever. She always signed Mrs. Walter Winkler. That was very common. When we become one with Christ, we take on his name. And the idea of him giving us the name is so that we can walk in the authority and the dominion that comes with the name. Amen? Amen. All right. So fast forward with me to book of Luke, chapter 19, and I'm almost done. If you hang around, we're probably going to end up on this subject a few more times. Because the book is full of it, but we have to let the, the Lord's wanting to do something in our spirit. He's wanting to do something with the way we think and how we see ourselves. He's wanting to give us revelation and understanding so that we can walk in the fullness and the calling of God in this hour. Every one of us. Revelation 19, is that what I said? Luke, thank you. I don't know why I said Revelation that time. Thank you for helping me. Praise God. I meant Luke 10, sorry. That's what happens when you don't have notes. Luke 10, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 also, other 70 also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come, he sent them out before him, before he came. Verse two, therefore said he unto them, you know, this scripture, but I want you to see the context. Sometimes we miss the context. The Lord gathered 70, 70 disciples. He pulled together. He paired them up two by two. And he said, I want you to go out into all these cities. I'm going to come too, but I'm going to send you before I come. And he said, the harvest truly is great. He was dealing with the harvest. The harvest is great, the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. All of Luke chapter 10 is dealing with the harvest. Skip all the way down to verse 17. And the 70 returned. Now they've been out. He sent them out, right? They've gone out and done what he sent them out to do. And now they're back. And they're given a report. And the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord. What'd they say? Even the devils are subject to us. Through your name. You know what they said in our English? We have dominion over devils through the name of Jesus. They weren't filled with the Holy Ghost. But they came back rejoicing. They had seen Jesus cast out devils. They had seen Jesus heal the sick. But when they went out after he sent them, they came back rejoicing saying... They're subject to us, too, when we use your name. What did they recognize? They understood. We're under your authority, but you've given us your authority to operate in. And they came back rejoicing. Now watch what Jesus says to them, verse 18. This is beautiful. Jesus said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He was wanting them to see with their spiritual eyes, what had taken place that they had not seen before. He said, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Verse 19. Behold, I give to you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the... Everybody say all. All. What does that leave out? Over all the power of the enemy... And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now understand what scripture says here. I give you power. That word power there is actually authority. In the Greek, that is authority. I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. That doesn't mean authority of the enemy. That power there means all the strength and all the ability of the enemy. So without changing the word of God at all, this verse, Jesus said, I give you authority over all the strength and all the ability of the enemy. One writer said that on that day, when we see the adversary, we're going to look on him and say, is this the one? This is the one. Why do you think the adversary would try to bombard your mind? Because then he could deceive you and you wouldn't believe the word of God. So you say, how do I walk in dominion and authority? Here's how. Jesus saw, recognized dominion was taken when it wasn't taken. Adam and Eve gave it up in the garden. We covered that. And so the Lord said, I want to restore dominion. This was my design from the beginning, is that my creation would reign with me. And so I have to restore dominion in their lives, so they walk in the power and the authority that I intended them to. And so what did he do? The Lord God came, wrapped himself in flesh, dwelt among us, and he made a way to overcome death, hell, and the grave. For this cause the Lord came that he might destroy the works of Satan. And so he came. And so how could he take the power and the authority of God and put it in you and I so we can walk in authority? Simple. Peter declared it on the day of Pentecost. He said in Acts 2 and verse 38, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is to you, to your children, and as many as are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. When you are baptized in the name of Jesus, Paul said in Colossians, we are buried with him through baptism. So that's the burial of Christ. We go through baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. That name is applied to our life. The blood of Jesus is applied to our life. And our sin, that which had dominion over us, is washed away. Sin is washed away. It no longer has dominion and authority there. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's why we use the name Jesus when we baptize the way the apostles did in Scripture. The scripture says once that happens, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost is the indwelling spirit of God. Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. In Luke 10, we established he was speaking of the harvest. He gave them authority over all the works of the enemy for the purpose of the harvest. When you and I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the purpose and design and plan of God is that the authority of God works through us for the sake of the harvest not so I can walk around and be somebody. It's so that miracle signs and wonders are done by the hands of the people of God. And it opens a door of Avenue of witness to tell people about this living God that can deliver from sin, that can raise up a broken bound vessel and set them free and put his power and spirit in them and upon them. And you can walk in authority and newness of life. This is the design in the Word of God. Would you stand with me this morning? We prayed earlier today for those that were sick. We were obeying the Word of God. We were obeying the Word of God. God intends for every single individual in this room to walk in a place of spiritual dominion and authority. Dominion and authority over what? Over all the work and all the power of the enemy. Not just some, all. God intends for you and I to live daily in a place with all authority over all the strength and the ability of the enemy. Every sickness, every disease, every infirmity, every unclean spirit, every demonic spirit subject to the authority of God resident in the sons of God. This is the plan of God for you and for me. But the Martin started talking about liberty. The intention of God is that every one of us live and walk in liberty. And he quoted the verse where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. We often use that talking about like a place like this. We say, well, the Spirit of the Lord is here, so there's liberty. And I know that to be true. But hear me. Where the Spirit of the Lord is in you when the spirit of the lord dwells in you there is liberty in your life there's no bondage of sickness no bondage of disease no bondage of sin when the spirit of the lord lives and dwells in you you can walk in liberty would you begin to reach to him right now and let the spirit of the lord begin to work in your heart and in your life this morning in the name of jesus In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, if you're here this morning and you know exactly what's being spoken of, but maybe it's been a while since you've responded to the authority of God, maybe somewhere along the journey, you sort of some dominion and authority to the enemy, recognizing that's not God's design. Would you be so honest and open before the Lord this morning to respond to Him in repentance and receiving and allow the Spirit of God to reach into your heart afresh and anew today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I'm opening this altar today. Would you come and allow Spirit of God to minister into your life, to restore dominion, to restore revelation and understanding of who you are in Him. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, come on, the hand of God and the call of God is on your life. The hand of God and the call of God is on your life you up to simply attend a service and go about your week, but he called you to use you for his purpose, to use you for his purpose in the earth. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. for some here today if you'll simply respond to Him. There's a fresh start for you today if you'll respond to Him in faith. The Spirit of the Lord is here to deliver, to set free, and to fill if you'll respond to Him today in faith. In the name of Jesus, if you've not been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you can be. If it's been a that you've been refreshed and refilled. Today can be the day that the Spirit of the Lord renews His Spirit within you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Saints of God, be sensitive to the Spirit of God today. We do is we put men on pedestals. I believe the scripture that talks of giving honor where honors due. Don't miss it. But we don't exalt men. You're filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't have any more Holy Ghost than you got. I don't get more of God than you get. Therefore, that, don't mean, that means I don't get more authority than you get. Now, we walk in different gifts and calling according to God's design. It's probably one of the reasons I struggle to stand up here a lot. So I, want, I want to make sure we understand God's brought us together on the same level to do the work of the kingdom of God in the earth. Every one of us. whether you're 10 or 110. He doesn't respect age. You understand? God will work through every one of us. The enemy wants to deceive us, so we'll think, well, if I was like them. No, no, no. You're who God designed you to be. Be willing to yield to his spirit and let him work through your life the way he wants to. This is his desire when he was speaking and he said they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover it doesn't say and preachers will lay hands on the sick and they shall they was believers believers if you are a believer the word of god fits for you what has to happen i have to let the spirit of god come into my life And I have to purpose to yield to His Spirit leading me. And when His Spirit is leading me, I'm no longer leading my own life. So now I'm under His dominion and His authority. And so now I can live, work, and walk in His dominion and authority. That's what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is the place where the King has dominion. It's where we get the word kingdom. So when the king lives in my life, and I no longer rule my heart, but he does, I'm now walking in his dominion. And there I have all authority of the king operating through my life. This is his design for you. This is his plan for you. Can I tell you what I know about this in my limited understanding at 50 years old almost? It's this. When he gives dominion, he gives it in every area of life. In your home, in your marriage, on the job, in your finances. you, You just go right on down the list. He'll give dominion in all of those areas. This is what he meant in Matthew 6:33 when he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. He wasn't saying, seek the kingdom like it's some place I'm trying to get to. It's not what he was saying at all. He was saying, seek the kingdom, seek the place where the king has dominion. First, When you get to the place where he has dominion, you are walking in authority. Praise God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm going to ask a couple of men to help. It can be ushers. Tim, maybe you can help us out there. Thank you. And then when you get up here, one of these men will help you. Amen. It's a privilege to give unto the Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. I want us to do something before we leave today. This is not not an obligation, all right? I just felt this this morning. If if you have an offering, tithe and offering today, I'd like you to take it in your hand right now. Would you do that with me? Would you just take it in your hand? I'm not talking about like getting and waving it up for everybody to see. Just between you and the Lord. You just take it in your hand between you and the Lord. Sometimes offering just feels like a formality. I don't, I don't want anything I'm offering to the Lord to ever be a formality. Does that make sense? to give as unto the lord the way the scripture teaches me and so would you take your gift that you're giving to the lord today and would you pray with me and would you be willing to say lord i'm submitting this into your hand and i'm trusting you that you give dominion in my finances well would you pray today and talk to the lord about that I don't know if we've ever done this before, but I feel like we need to do this today. Lord, I trust you for dominion and authority in my finance. If you need the Lord to turn things, he can do this. If you'll honor him and seek first, God, I pray in this your people that honors you in their finance, I pray dominion and authority. Open doors unto them. You said you'd open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing there not be room enough to contain. I pray blessing and dominion in the finances of the people of God for the glory of God, the advancing of your kingdom. We give as unto you today and we worship you. God bless you as you give to the Lord this morning. Please don't forget March the 1st. I hope that's the right date. March the 1st, we will have a combined service in Union Gap. That's not next Sunday. We'll still see you here next Sunday. And uh, we'll be here Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Praise God. And then um, men's conference is the end of this month. Uh, Men, if you are planning, desiring to go to men's conference, it would be great to know that. Um, Maybe you could all gather just right up here up front. We'd sort of have a head count and work from there. That's the end of this month, men's conference. And then youth convention's coming up in March. We have another 13 days to pre-register. It saves parents about 15 bucks a kid, or it saves kids. Maybe if you're working on your own, raising your own money, it saves you about 15 bucks a kid. Uh, Great time. It's in Wenatchee, so it's not far. A lot closer than Vancouver last year. Praise God. It's in Wenatchee. Great time. So those things. God bless you. Greet someone. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.